This is Marin Hogan with Red Branch Media, and you're listening to Dr. Bob Nolly and Labrador Leadership. Yes, we are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Hey, folks, everybody's back here. Everybody huddle up. Get up here on the porch. Get up here on the porch. It's raining like heck here today. It is pouring. It is absolutely pouring. You get up there. Get under the roof here. Are you okay? I'm good. <laughs> Alex, Alex, stand up. Let our guests sit there. All right, <laughs> Did your parents right. ever say that to you? <laughs> Alex, get up. Let our guests stand there. I was usually on the floor playing with the dogs anyway. Yeah, that's right. You know, once I was an adult, I always wanted to go to the children's table. Everyone, how are you? Welcome to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. It is rainy here. So what's going on there up the road in the in the city? Um, nothing. We've had, uh, you know, uh, we're going back and forth from spring to fall to summer. And, um, you know, I, I got a puppy. And, a puppy? Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. now you told us that story. You told us the story of getting out of the office at lunchtime and the yeah. perfect environment caused a nice sunny walk and you get to walk along the water up to the dog park. Now I have a permanent stress reliever. Oh, my gosh. And as we talk now, she's like nuzzled up to you? No, she's asleep at the foot of my bed. Oh, okay. All right. So what kind did you get? She's a pit mix. She was a rescue. Oh, we'll have to put that up on Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah. There, oh, there's cute puppy photos. So she actually, they think that she's part pit, part lab, which is very fitting for the Labrador Leadership uh, podcast. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for the endorsement. Uh, yeah. I I think, I think, you know, the pits get a bad rap. Absolutely. I've had, I've had plenty of bully breed dogs and they're, they're wonderful. You just have to raise them correctly and treat them with the same amount of love that you would any other dog and they'll turn out just fine. Oh, it's good. That's good stuff. Uh, I thought of something we, we kind of skipped over all the, all the things we talked about communication and, and teamwork. We, we have just kind of like, I don't think we avoided it. But we haven't talked about power yet, and it seems to be a good fit right now as we've talked about becoming a better leader and going through all these sets of tips and ideas and thoughts we want people to take care of, you know, as they take care of their teams and their businesses and themselves and their families. But just talk about power. Now, when, and the other reason, it's in, it's in our tagline. You know, yeah. we talked about strength and how that brings loyalty. Now we get the power and people are going, oh, power, because that may be a little too, you know, stiff makes people stand off. It's, it's a, a scary bit. word. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, a, um, it's harsh verbiage, but. So there, there's a model to talk about power and there are five sources of power. And I wanted, I wanted to just run through these today. And when we, we talk about them, when we get to the finish line, I think we'll know where we want to be. So power, and let's let's, let's be try to just pull away, pull the cellophane off there of the, the filter of it having a negative sounding word, uh, because it it's important because you have it, you have it. Here's an example. The first one is called legitimate power, and that's the power that comes from the fact that you have a right to make demands. And to expect people to do things 
and expect them to obey your orders. And why? Because they're higher ranked than you. Or they're in the box over you in a, on the org chart. So uh, presidents and senators and prime ministers, they all have legitimate power. And the thing about legitimate power is it can be unstable. Because if you don't get reelected or you get ousted or you get, or you get fired or demoted, it's gone instantly, instantly. And if you use legitimate power and if you're in a position where you're in that box over the org chart, you know, people were influenced by the box, not by you. That's a shortcoming there. And the limitation is only the things that you really have a right to control over. That's, that's where you use that power from. Mm. Uh, and that, that's, that's a tough one. But when we talk about power, I think this is the kind of power people think about first. Think about the person you work for today in whatever role you're thinking about. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And the second type kind of comes from that or along with it, and that's reward power. And reward power is people can give you money for what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be rewards. I don't want to go, uh, you know, what? who's the guy that did the uh, training with the dog and the bell? Pavlov. I don't want to go Pavlov on everybody. But, you know, you do have power to give it rewards, whether they're raises or promotions or you know, plumb office locations or sending you on trips or anything you can get on the job. That's a reward. And people try to give those to those that deserve them more often than not. And if you have the power to give that is, uh, it, it is a, it is a legitimate source of power. You may not have control over the rewards as you need. Uh, you know, if you want to give somebody a raise, you may not be able to get it. Because right. they're, they're guidelines. You know, the company doesn't do it that way. You have to wait till year end. You know, I, I know in the past I've had people that, you know, deserve something now. I wanted to reward them now at mid-year or at the time for something that was well-deserved. And I couldn't do it. So reward power is there. The third one is really unpleasant. And that's... <laughs> coercive power and uh you can really you really get in trouble there because that's the ability to punish and of course because it's punishment that's it can be a source of huge abuse so when you find when you see somebody in an organization that you know really has a case really has a case for someone else that treats them poorly that you know that that shows up being the ugliest kind of power, much uglier than legitimate power, which can be wielded during the normal course of business. So, in in your career so far, have have you felt and seen all these? It'd be tough to avoid. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like um, you know, oftentimes in one job, your manager might have all five of those powers. Um, and I think that, 
you know, most important to me is probably the, the expert, um, aspect of power. I think that that is, uh, kind of creates a respect. And I think that that's probably what I respond to most. Sure. Yeah. Let's get to that point. So now the three we've talked about legitimate power and reward power and coercive power all come from the position. They all come from the title. They all come from that box on the org chart that you're lucky enough to hold. The last two kinds, and when we talk about this, the whole point of this program, not just this episode, the whole program overall, the personal power sources, the personal power sources. The last two come from the person, not from the position. And the first one you mentioned was expert power because mm-hmm. you have the know-how. You had the skills, you've got the experience, you can problem solve. And because you've got all this experience, you developed a great sense of judgment and you usually do better than others at certain tasks because of that experience and sense of judgment. And because you're so successful, people listen to you. And because you've said things are going to work this way and they do, they trust you. And when there's a problem, Expert power, that's where all the heads send the turn. Yeah, I mean, more so than reward power. I mean, you know, you could have a completely incompetent um, leader or person of power and they would still, um, you know, they'd be able to compensate you. Um, but, you know, you couldn't really look to them for guidance or need to. Yeah, this one is, is important. You can, it allows you to start, promoting this aura of being an expert in our last episode, we talked about, you know, if you want to make more money, you know, be an expert at something. Mm -hmm. And so this is a big part of promoting that image of expertise is, uh, is this expert power. Your your credibility ramps up. Uh, and when it does, you have to kind of, that becomes a new asset for you. It's a resource for others, but it's an asset for you and you've kind of got to guard it and protect it and make sure that your actions continue to align with that. So you can keep that credibility because if you act out of line, well, your credibility is shot. Right. Uh, the expertise also, you know, whether it's in your hard wiring or not, you start to act more confident and, uh, more often than I, I've seen this dozens, dozens, dozens. Oh, is everybody okay? Dozens, dozens, dozens of times. In a crisis, all the heads are turning to you. Go get Alex. She'll know what to do. Uh, sure, it's happened. I know it's happened. I know it's happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay under pressure. I won't toot my own horn. Yeah, but There you go. Well, you got to sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and the expert power, you know, we also talked about this last week and make more money. You know, become an expert at something. Part of that is keeping informed. And that's not the point we made last week was – Don't just sit there and learn stuff by osmosis because you've been on the job for, you know, a few years and you've learned a lot of stuff. You want to go out and find out more. You want to go out. Yeah, I know how it works, but why does it work this way? And could we change it to make it better? So that's all part of expert power. Uh, And when you have that kind of power through expertise, then all of a sudden, all these interpersonal issues we talked about come into play. 
you've got to recognize the concerns that everybody in a subordinate role to you has. You can, you have, you need to learn to persuade them and listen carefully to their concerns, listen to their worries. What are their uncertainties and make sure you address them. And, and when you do this and when you address them, and this is, oh my gosh, we, we're going to look back into the communications again. We'll do two episodes on this. <laughs> uh, threatening their self-esteem is something, you know, when you listen to the concerns, you just can't spin back on them and go, no, you're wrong. Yeah. You know, your whole tone, I mean, don't use the words perhaps because they seem so trite these days, but I understand how you feel. You know, deliver that message some other way. Yeah, that, that sounds horrible when put that way. You're right. Yeah, but, I think it's important to um, level with uh, another person. You know, if you're just saying, oh, that sounds terrible, it's not really the best way to, um, you know, be sympathetic. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a big thing. So now look at the difference right there because I want to put up the stop sign just for a second. The difference between the types of power we talked about from the box on the org chart, from the position, the legitimate, the reward, the, ugh, the ugly, the coercive power. And now we've turned to the bright side, the expert power. And as you develop that expertise and judgment, all those things we just talked about, then there's referent power. I'm not saying reverent, like reverent, like pastor. Referent power with an F. And... uh that's the charismatic leader has a lot of referent power and appeal. Uh, the, the people like them. Forget about the track record. Forget about the expertise. They like them. They they identify with them. They want to be like Mike. <laughs> Celebs loaded with referent power. Oh, absolutely. Because of the influence, because of their Q factor. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Fame, fame is something that will kind of cause exponential power. I mean, even uh, you're never going to lose fame and you're never going to lose that, that kind of star power. Um, you know, when someone says your name and a light bulb goes up and you say, Oh man, I, I recognize that name. You're never going to lose that. You're always going to have that edge even if your fame starts to um, lessen. Yeah, that's it. Here, here's what happens with referent power. And, and at the very end, uh, it, it, the best leaders have it. You can't rely on it alone because I think you have all of these types of power. I, I've been in a job that, in a good situation where, you know, it was pretty effective, but I didn't have the expert power I needed, but I could help them get things done, but I couldn't do what they did. And it was a technical role and I had a bunch of technicians working for me and I, you know, I, I could understand their needs and I could understand the problems and help them address them. But you know, you don't, you don't want run a, to be running a system that I've written any code for. Because that's just not a strength for me. Mm -hmm. So here's what happens to the best of leaders. They have all the positional power sources, 
but they end up relying mostly on the personal power sources. If we've gone out and we've said empathy is the top of the list for leadership skills, then you're going to be relying on expert power and referent power. But you can't rely just on them without having some juice in your org chart box. Right. So uh, if you look at all of those, is there, uh, for you as a leader, is there one that you would feel more comfortable with? Um, I, I can see, uh, um, personally, I think I would respect, uh, myself more if I had an expert, uh, an expert level of power. Um, and you know, with that, I would, I would, hopefully garner a certain amount of respect, which would be uh, kind of aspects of referent power. I think it's always been more important for me um, to not uh, manage a situation and hold something over uh, someone's head and, and take power by force. But I've always been um, more likely to excel and step up and lead if people kind of look to me and say, Oh, you know, could you, could you kind of lead this? I ended up being project manager a lot of times, um, on, on things just because it, it, nobody else wanted to step up. And I think because I'm very, um, strong willed and not afraid to voice my opinion, um, I get kind of pushed into that role and it's not like, I don't want to, I don't want to punish anyone. I don't want to, um, you know, bribe anyone or dangle anything. Um, I don't want to kind of make demands or, or, you know, make people listen to me in any way. But if I, you know, don't have to do the work of six other people because they respect me and they understand that, um, you know, if we all work together as a team and they let one person take the lead, then, you know, it'll kind of go more smoothly. All right. Let me ask you this because you've mentioned this before on a couple of episodes. In your job, you often find yourself being in the place where people are coming to you to get something solved. Yeah, I mean, if not... What kind of power is that you're flexing there? I think that because they know I have a communications background um, and they kind of respect the way that I communicate diplomatically, especially, um, you know, in written form, that a lot of times it's... I'll get the last edit or I'll get, um, you you know, it's not like I have any sort of, um, power there, but I do have, I do have some level of expertise in thing in something that, you know, the rest of the office may not have. So that's it. That's it. So think about people you work for now. I mean, uh, what kind of power are they using on you? Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> well, See? Um, See? I, I am one of those people and I, this is sounds terrible and po- this is probably why no one will hire me. Um, but you know, I, I have, this I could phone. see phones being dialed right now. Well, I, I sure hope so. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Waiting for the call everyone. But, um, you know, that, that manner of coercive power, I, don't react negatively to, but I kind of stonewall it. I don't let a person speak to me in a condescending tone, um, to, 
too many times. If it happens once or twice, I understand. If it's my boss, I understand. But there's a certain level of respect that I have for myself and a respect that I have for communication and communicating with others that I have to eventually say, look, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but you're communicating ineffectively. And if you would like for, you know, to have this conversation with other people that I'm, I'm fairly understanding. I know that not everyone can communicate the things that they want to say or they want me to do in the right fashion. But I also, um, I do demand self-respect or not self-respect. I demand uh, respect on a human level from everyone around sure. me. Yeah. And if I don't, and if I don't get that, I, I, I just sort of explain to them that that's not the way that I communicate. And if they would like to communicate with me like that, then I can go elsewhere. That is great. That is great. See your expert power is fed your referent power. Well, you know, it's, it's a it's a hard place to be because you never want to tell someone how to do their job, but when they're when they are um, you know doing something and you you know you've had years of training on how to how to kind of uh, you know word things in in ways that are diplomatic or you can spin you know you can spin a, a lesson into a positive experience rather than a criticism. Um, and I, I think that that's important. I think that, you know, all these forms of power, you have to realize, um, A, you know, you have to check your behavior at all times. And you really just have to know how to garner the power and use it in a positive way rather than a negative way, you know. Um, and an example of that, say, with coercive power is that, you know, you can – you can set up a system to where, you know, okay, well, you've had three late, late punch-ins or something if you're in a big corporate yeah, job. Yeah, hitting the clock, punch-in. yeah. Yeah, if you have three lates, then this is what you do. You know, if you have um, a uniform system, and I'm not talking to merits or gold stars or anything like that, but if you have a system in play, then you're not, and you're just enforcing that system then you're not punishing other people. You're, you're just following a system. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Here's the, here's the, here's the reason. Here's the reason I wanted to stop and talk about this today. Cause this episode may just be slightly out of whack, but I think we're probably late bringing it up. Uh, anyone is capable of holding power. Anyone mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be because of the big office or the box they're in. But if, if each of us, could, you know, has the opportunity to stop and just recognize what the different types are, you can recognize when you're being influenced by them. Yeah. And you can avoid, you know, using less effective types in, in your own roles as well. Uh, you know, I hope, I hope that makes sense. I hope that's been worth a conversation for everybody. So go to the show notes and leave us a comment there if you want. This has been a good one. This has been a good one. Who knows what we have around the corner now? I do. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Alex, thanks for being here. Go uh, go take care of the puppy. Go go rub that puppy behind the ears and come you know, back. No, I'm and not going to do it. that. She'll wake up. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, that's, uh, when, that's when your puppy is no longer, it becomes a, a shark monster. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've listened to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Please check out the show notes at labradorleadership.com for the episode on power. 
and we will see you next time. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. So when you feel powerless, stop and think about what you could do to regain your own power. Regain your own power? For example, know this, the new Leaderati is coming. Go to labradorleadership.com. Click on the big orange button and you'll hear about it first. Talk to you soon. See you next time.